Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott. You know him as B. Scott. We're going to talk all about the Super Bowl today, but not the Super Bowl you think we're going to talk about. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. We're transitioning from one of these uh, one of the sports world's biggest events to another one of the sports world's biggest events um we're talking about the daytona 500 today uh, on today's show we're going to uh start it off with some uh you know as we make that transition we're going to make it even more of a seamless transition as we talk nfl quarterback and driver comps um so i'm really excited to get into that discussion um as we kick things off today we're also going to give some storylines for the year for nascar as well as some tracks we're looking forward to some discussion about um those and then of course all the predictions you could ever want we're going to predict who's going to win the daytona 500 we're going to predict who's going to be in the championship four and of course who is going to win the championship uh in november so a lot to get to b scott a lot um to go over as uh, we transition from you know no more football to now we got some racing now we've got some seasons beginning we've got racing getting back in order yeah i am super excited um you know me i love the racing season uh you know we get a good bit of time with just nascar and then before we know it indycar is going to be knocking on the door and it's it's a blast it's a great way you know to go from everybody you know going from weekly football games now there's not a lull which is good because sometimes between big events there's seems to be lulls but now we go from one week of super bowl sunday to daytona 500 sunday so yeah i'm ready to go i've watched Strap in tight, and it's time to boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Yes, I'm excited to get back into it. I've watched the first two episodes of NASCAR Full Speed on Netflix. I'm ready to go. Um, I, you know, I'm ready to watch those last three episodes. Gonna get ready for this weekend. Uh, cause there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, going for this season. Uh, a lot to to get to. A lot of great storylines. Um, and and always ready to talk Daytona 500. So we'll get to the, all of that here a little bit later. But I thought it would be a fun. I thought it would be a fun exercise. Um, as we go from the NFL season to the NASCAR season to do some driver NFL comps. So uh, I took the uh, 2023 most popular driver candidates from last year, and I thought it would be fun to make a comparison to a current NFL quarterback. Who do they relate to the most? Um, on the NFL side of things. And this was actually kind of tough for me. It was tougher than I thought it would be uh, because four of the five drivers on this list are champions, but I can only think of like five QBs off the top of my head uh, in the league right now that have won a, won a Super Bowl as the starter. Like I'm, there might be a backup out there that I'm missing that like was a backup also in a Super Bowl and someone could be like, well, you're missing this guy and he's technically a Super Bowl champion. Like, no, I'm talking about actually started a Super Bowl because I've got, of course, Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the only five that are in the league right now that have won a Super Bowl. Um, And so when you're comparing them to these drivers, you know, who are not, you know, three of those quarterbacks I just named are kind of uh, on the tail end of their careers, which you can't really say about most of these drivers on this list. So um, the drivers on the list are Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, uh, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, and Chase Elliott. Um, of course, so all those guys are kind of in the middle of their prime, you know, just blossoming into their careers. 
um, or at least, you know, still in that competitive form where I think three of those guys on that quarterback list are kind of, you know, Joe Flacco may not be, even be starting next year. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's hat, you know, currently looking for employment. I mean, you know, the Broncos are kind of done with him. So, um, it was actually kind of tough once we got into the weeds of it a little bit, uh, to make those comparisons, but here are the comps that I had. We'll go one by one here. Uh, starting with Ryan Blaney, last year's NASCAR champion. Uh, I related him, uh, his NFL comp is Dak Prescott. Um, I was going to say Brock Purdy if he had won. Uh, on Sunday, but I still think even if Brock Purdy had won, Dak Prescott is the better comp because both compete for one of the most recognizable brands in the sport. And up until this past season, you had kind of questions of whether or not they could, you know, be relied on to perform in those big moments. So, you know, Ryan Blaney had never really been anywhere near the the championship four before this last season. Dak Prescott had a really fantastic year. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, you know, but like I said, both recognizable brands. You got Team Penske for Blaney and the Dallas Cowboys uh, for Dak Prescott. Uh, Blaney, of course, winning the championship uh, after not finishing higher in seventh in points in any previous season. He also tied his career high for wins in in a season with three in twenty twenty three. So he had a fantastic year last year. Um, finally, kind of, you know, he's you know, he was one of. You know, three drivers on that team. The only driver that had won a championship up to last year on that team was Joey Logano. So now he can kind of, you know, supplant his name in that Penske lore. Um, and then as far as Dak's concerned, Dak led the league in touchdown passes for the first time in his career, throwing 36 touchdowns. He was one short of his personal record for a single season. He finished second in MVP voting this past season, uh, the highest he's ever finished. He was tied for first in QBR. Tied for uh, and finished second in QB rating, the highest he's finished in both of those categories. So even though the season didn't end the way that you would like to have for Dak, it still kind of ended in the same kind of fashion the Cowboys seasons previously have ended. Um, you still leave, I think, this season with a better taste in your mouth as far as Dak Prescott's concerned. Um, you still feel better about his ability as the quarterback of that team, at least the way I, I feel like. I don't think there's as much of a doubt uh, on what he can do um, overall. Yeah, yes, maybe it's it's maybe steered itself more towards he can't do it in the postseason. He can do it in the regular season, but not the postseason. But still, I think this year was still a very good year for Dak Prescott, kind of a bre- breakout year where he kind of, at the very least, silenced some doubters. You know, with Ryan Blaney, I'm actually going with Brock Purdy. There's quite a few comparisons there. Look, they're both very young. Uh, they both play for or compete for a, like you said, a um, a very recognizable brand. Yes, it may not be the Dallas Cowboys, but Brock Purdy plays for the San Francisco 49ers. And let's be honest, the San Francisco 49ers are right up there for some of the most Super Bowl wins uh, in the NFL. Uh, just like Penske is like one of the most dominant racing programs in all of auto sports. So the Brock Purdy comparison. And also like, look, when you think of Brock Purdy being mystery relevant, you did, you kind of overlook him coming into last year. You kind of overlook Ryan Blaney. You know, he's going to be there. He's going to be decent. He's going to be in the playoff hunt, but championship hunt, uh, just, you don't think he's there yet. And then he comes out and has a great performance. Um, so I, I really like the comparison with Brock Purdy here with Ryan Blaney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's why had they won on Sunday, I would have I would have been more inclined to make that comparison just because it would have fit 
so perfectly with the 2023 NASCAR champion, 2024 Super Bowl champion um, with, with that comparison. Because you're absolutely right. I mean, 49ers are just as recognizable, recognizable of a brand as the Dallas Cowboys in that regard. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a great um, analysis. Because, heck, even if you want to go further, I mean, there was a point in time where, you know, the 49ers had three quarterbacks just like there's three drivers at Penske and you didn't know who was maybe going to win out there is who's the best one at the current time. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do like that comparison uh, for of Brock Purdy to Ryan Blaney. Uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, for me, this was like when I thought of this uh, quarterback uh, driver comp uh, list, uh, this uh, segment idea, this was like the one of one that I thought of. Uh, Kyle Larson is Patrick Mahomes. Um, like Mahomes... Um, I feel like he's one of the few drivers you just never want to count out. You can never really count out from week to week. He's got a chance to win week in and week out. Um, he won the Cup Series championship uh, in 2021 in his first year with Hendrick Motorsports. Something had told me he had won more than just one championship, so I was actually surprised he's only won one. Um, he had he had 10 wins that season, making him one of four drivers with 10-plus wins in a championship season since 1995. He's been in the championship four in two of the last three seasons, um, and he's one of the most complete athletes in the sport. I mean, he completes in sprint car and late model races. Um, he could run in as many as 40 dirt races this year. Um, he, you know, He's just so versatile. Um, in his title season, he won seven oval races and three road course races, um, seven road courses on the season. Uh, that uh, there were seven road courses on the schedule that season, um, so he won roughly half of those. Uh, which, by the way, I forgot all about the fact that they raced at the Daytona Road Course that year. So I would love to see them bring that back because uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, he will try and pull double duty uh, running the Indy 500 and the Coke 600, um, and this will be the most prominent double attempt since Tony Stewart uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, it's also the not first... even Kurt Busch. You're going to pass well, on Kurt Busch. Well. Um, well, first attempt at any drive uh, by any driver in ten years that was Kurt Busch, but um, I would say Kurt Busch was in his like monster energy portion of his career. He wasn't still driving for Penske. He wasn't still driving uh, like because when you think of Kurt Busch, you think of the '97 Sharpie car. You think of driving for Penske and driving the Miller Lite car. Um, you know, later in his career, he's already with Monster Energy, and plus, like. He he had a he had a he ran really well at the Indy 500, but then he didn't follow that up. Like obviously we won't know what happens with Larson until May, but like he will go in with a lot more hype. I don't I, mean, I don't think we were really expecting Kurt Busch that year to be like a championship contender because I think he ended up finishing like 40th in that Coke 600. Because I look back at all the double attempts and he didn't do very well at the Coke 600. So um like when it's all said and done, I think Larson has a really good chance. Like. Hey, look, I may be feeling froggy in May and be like, hey, you know what? Kyle Larson's going to win the Indy 500 and the Coke 600 in the same day. Let's see if that happens. Um, it's and not. what's funny is if you were to say that, I don't think too many people. I think there you have some doubters, but some people will be like, it's honestly, if there's anybody that can do it, it's him. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, which is wild to think of. Like, I would want to know, like, with all the the celebration, the celebratory stuff, like what would need to happen? Like I don't. It's I, we could talk about that later in May. Like what the logistics would be, um, because it's not a Taylor Swift coming from Tokyo to the Super Bowl situation. There's not plenty of time in between the end of that race and the beginning of the next one. So, uh, but yeah, no, I. But just because Kyle Larson is just so 
versatile. He can do so many things. That's just what makes me think of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's you know one of the faces of the sport. He's a championship contender year in and year out. He's he's NASCAR's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I agree with this comparison 100%. Look, Kyle, like you said, Kyle Larson is probably one of the most versatile drivers out there. Um, and he's also very similar to Patrick Mahomes in the fact that when he walks into a track, you can never count him out. You can never count him out of a race until he's actually out of the race. And Patrick Mahomes is the same way in a game. Like, look, they're down 10 and that's in the Super Bowl. And they looked, it looked like the, the, the December, uh, Kansas city chiefs out there on offense. And it was like, Oh boy. But like the broadcast team kept saying it's Patrick Mahomes. This is not the guy you can't let off the gas against him. Just like drivers can't let off the gas and overlook uh, Kyle Larson. Um, but it, it, in the other form of comparison, look, Kyle Larson. Yes, he is a popular driver. Patrick Mahomes is a popular quarterback, but there also are plenty of people that do not like Kyle Larson and also plenty of people that do not like Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes because they are so successful or they're just, it's for, for various reasons. Um, So that comparison go, I think goes really well with each other. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that because that that was the one of one where I thought of this idea that I was like, oh yeah, that's that's the one that I'm. That's probably going to be on the thumbnail. You're probably going to see Kyle Larson next to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, on the on the thumbnail of uh, you know if this were to become its own YouTube video, this segment. Um, moving on uh, to Kyle Bush. Uh, for me, uh, my NFL comp for him uh, is Aaron Rodgers. Um, both burst onto the scene and onto the scene in their respective sports. Around the same time, Rowdy made his debut in 2004 at Las Vegas, and he was Rookie of the Year in 2005. Rodgers was drafted in 2005. Uh, they also now don number eight for a new team. I didn't even think about that until I was like halfway through writing some of this stuff down, so I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, but the main reason I made this comparison is that they're both polarizing. You either love them or you hate them. Um, they both embrace the villain role. Um, you know, they don't really care what you think about them. Um, they just kind of go out, they take care of business, they do what they're going to do. Um, and that's why I think, you know, I think this one kind of lines up perfectly where you have two athletes who have been around a long time who, you know, like I said, you either love them or you hate them. They, they embrace being the villain. They just go out there and they do what they do. Yeah, this one, I like, I like this comparison as well trying to think of who else I would even consider. I mean, maybe Russell Wilson. Um, Mostly because Russell Wilson is kind of there near the end of his career. Kyle Busch is getting up there. Um, You know, champion, past champions. Um, And for some reason, Russell Wilson has kind of turned into he was, I don't know, playing with Seattle, kind of a little bit of a villain, not too much. Um, but then now he's kind of like, you kind of look at him, you go, oh, that's Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, you know, and that's the way Kyle Bush is. Kyle Bush, yeah, he played that villain role for a while on um, with, with Gibbs. And, you know, he was really successful. And that's kind of the way people viewed Russell Wilson there for a while, um, you know, because 
that Seahawks defense was villainous for sure. Um, but he's kind of like, like Russell Wilson, Kyle Bush has also come around now because Kyle Bush is also a part team owner. Um, so it does change your perspective and he's become more of a family man as well, um, uh, working with his sons in racing. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with Russell Wilson here just because you don't, you, you, you don't want to count them out, but at the same uh, for a championship, but at the same time, you're just kind of like, I, 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 do they have one more? Do they have a couple good ones left in them? It's it's hard to tell. I I do like the Russell Wilson comparison. Uh, only like because for one, he's been to more. I don't. I can't remember how many championships Kyle Busch has won, but it's more than one. Uh, which is why I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch has won more than one. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll I'll have to look it up. But um, but he's also at the very least, Russell Wilson's been to multiple Super Bowls, just like Kyle Busch is. You know, won, at least. I think is one because I I could have sworn Kyle Busch had like two or three championships, but then I was like, I guess maybe not. So maybe he only has one. But I, I anyway, regardless, um, I also like it because kind of he's on a team now, like where he is now, he's kind of overlooked, kind of like where Russell Wilson is, where you know he's a little bit older, he's with a different team that's kind of a little bit more of an underdog team that's not a team that's going to maybe impress you right off the bat. Um, you know, and, and he's going to have to kind of, you know, rise above that, um, and not really carry the team because Russell Wilson certainly doesn't carry the Broncos, but he's, you know, he's kind of brought in to help that team get back to where they expect to be, um, you know, in contention. So, uh, we'll see how Yeah, that... And also look, Russell Wilson is looking to revive his career a little bit. Kyle Bush had to do that too. Kyle Bush broke a winless streak, a fairly significant winless streak last season. So there, there's another comparison there as well. I'm on Kyle Bush's Wikipedia page. Um, he, let's see. Okay, 2015 and 2019 Cup Series champion. I knew he had won at least two. I was like, okay, good. I'm, I'm not gonna, comp- I'm not gonna sound like a complete moron. That's good. I was like, I know he's won more than one but then i started to second guess myself but yeah um and then russell wilson's been to multiple super bowls we all know what happened in the second one but uh we won't go we won't uncover that uh dark dark memory of the patriots winning that one um <laughs> moving on uh to the damn ball. right moving on to ross chastain and this was another comparison when i thought about this idea that um i was really excited about uh ross chastain to me is josh allen um, this is one of my favorite comparisons that I thought of. It's more or less because they're both risk takers. They're both wild cards. Um, Josh Allen willed his team uh, to the postseason after a 6-6 six and six start to uh, this NFL season, uh, but was second in the league in turnovers. Uh, of course, we all know about the Hail Melon um, a couple of years ago for Chastain, uh, you know, just looking like a freaking video game RC car going around, the, around turns three and four at Martinsville. Um, and his aggressive approach, of course, um, has created a lot of rivalries with drivers like Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. So he's really aggressive, uh, just like Josh Allen. Um, you know, he pushes the envelope a lot of times. He's really aggressive. I think I think that comparison goes really well. Yeah, I, I really like the Josh Allen um, comparison. I thought for a moment, maybe. Um, oh, my gosh, now my mind's blanking, but. 
Um, uh, yeah, I really like Josh Allen as this comparison. The it, the similarities are there. They're both lovable, um, but you just feel like, ah, uh, yeah, you're you're the winning the championship is just out of reach for you, uh, for various reasons. But because of that, and because of how hard you work for it, everybody likes you. I don't, I've never heard anybody say, I just do not like Josh Allen. I just do not like Ross Chastain. You know, they both come from plucky underdog teams. Let's be honest. The Buffalo Bills are kind of a plucky underdog team. Um, when you look at their history and everything and Ross Chastain coming from track house is. Well, and we both, I mean, we didn't expect either of them to be where they are now. I mean, I know Josh Allen when he was first uh, drafted, I remember listening to ESPN radio at the time. Um, what a time in my life that was um, where I listened to that almost all the time. Um, but I, uh, uh, I remember them talking about draft stuff and they were like, well, I mean, maybe the reason they drafted, you know, the Bills drafted Josh Allen is because the wind really whips around Wyoming and Laramie and, and the wind really whips around Buffalo. So that kind of makes sense. I was like, okay, so we're really going for some kind of stretch reasons for why Josh Allen got drafted to the Bills. Um, but yeah, he wasn't really expected to be, or at least, at least we, you know, we, thought he had the potential of what he is now but he wasn't like a a guaranteed like he had to be molded just kind of how you know Ross Chastain like I had heard the name but I was like oh really Ross Chastain's you know making waves now uh with this you know new team so both have kind of blossomed into contenders yeah so they're they're both um that's a that's like a match made in heaven right there right uh and then the final one uh Chase Chase Elliott uh, Chase Elliott, the uh, quarterback cop, I'm going to give him is Joe Burrow. Um, both suffered leg injuries. They got their 2023 campaigns off to a bad start. Um, oddly enough, oddly enough, both had a separate injury later in the year. Uh, Burrow tore a ligament in his wrist. Um, Elliott had a shoulder procedure in November. Um, so, uh, but their injury histories is not why I made the comparison. Uh, what leads me it's to a good reason, right? <laughs> Uh, and they both uh, they both are number nine, which I didn't think about until earlier today. So that's kind of funny too. But what leads me to the comparison is that both are not too far removed from championship contention and are looking to prove they can bounce back after a disappointing twenty twenty three. Um, Elliot is your Cup champion in twenty twenty. Uh, he's made final fours. Uh, the uh, he made final fours the next two seasons before missing the playoffs and going winless last year. So he's looking for a bounce back year. He's looking um, to kind of get back to form because, you know, we think, you know, he's, I think he won most popular driver again this year. So he's the most popular driver in the sport. He drives for Hendrick. You know, he had the title a couple of years ago. You know, he's got, you know, he's got a lot of notoriety. He's, He's usually, you know, one of the most talked about drivers in the sport, but yet it's, you know, he's had a really bad year last year. There's a lot of other up and coming drivers. Can he still, you know, can he still be that dominant driver we saw a few years ago? Um, Cause even in the year that Larson won the chase, I know that, the, that he and Larson were going back and forth. Um, and then of course, Burrow back to back AFC championship game appearances heading into last season. Um, and then of course uh, the Super Bowl appearance a couple of years ago. Um, and then, you know, in a, in a, in an AFC North that every team was above 500 this past year, they're going to go into next year thinking like, okay, we know what Joe Burrow can do. 
can the Bengals get back to that Super Bowl contention we know that they can be in. So I think both Burrow and Elliott are, you know, even though we already know what they can do, we already know that they are great, they're going to be coming into 2024 with a chip on their shoulder. I like that comparison a lot. There is a lot of, especially with the injury comparison. Um, However, I am going with Lamar Jackson with Chase Elliott. Both are very popular, um, but both of them have experienced major heartbreak. Last year, um, Chase was in a position to win a couple races. He was in position, fought hard for him, and last something would happen at the last second or last few laps, and boom, he's out of it. And just kind of like Lamar. Lamar is a very good football player, very good quarterback, one of the best in the league. But there's always something that happens that causes heartbreak and keeps him from that championship. Yes, I know Chase Elliott has the championship, has made it to the championship four in the past. But you just kind of feel like both of them have experienced more heartbreak than championship moments. Um, And trying to work their way to championship status again and for the first time so i'm going with lamar jackson based on popularity um i think lamar jackson is viewed as a more popular quarterback than maybe joe burrow i like that i i I, we're staying in the afc north I, i really like where uh where you went with that so um i thought that was a fun exercise to do um just kind of you know as like i said as we transition from the nfl season the super bowl uh to the nascar super bowl if you will um so as we shift gears now to our season preview um you know i wanted to uh take a look at some uh storylines uh that we might be following going into the year um and uh the the big storyline that i'm looking at and we'll keep it you know, we'll keep the Hendrick Motorsports conversation going. Uh, the storyline that I'm following is, I'll just say, the start of the year for Hendrick. Um, because obviously the bigger storyline, the biggest storyline, is Chase Elliott trying to put 2023's woes behind him. Um, and then, of course, you've got Alex Bowman, who also had an off year. Um, William Byron um, is going to be hungrier than ever to come back and, and win the chase. I mean, you've got four drivers on that team that are looking to – that have – one reason or another to have some extra motivation, some extra chips on their shoulder. So how much, you know, can that motivate those four to get it done? Uh, but I'm locked in, uh, you know, as, as someone who's more of an IndyCar fan than he is a NASCAR fan, I'm locked in on Kyle Larson and his double duty attempt. And the reason why that's a storyline for me uh, is because NASCAR will have two full months of racing prior to the month of May. And while obviously the double attempt is a big deal on its own, um, it's going to be a big deal for NASCAR, it's going to be a big deal for IndyCar, um, how big it becomes relies on Larson's success in March and April. Uh, By May last season, Larson had two wins and four top five finishes, but also four finishes of 29th or worse. Um, As I said earlier, Larson's double has the opportunity to be the most significant uh, since Tony Stewart completed all 1,100 miles in 2001, um, Stewart had five top tens, four top fours, or sorry, um, he had five top tens, four top fives, and a win prior to Memorial Day weekend that season. Um, he finished second, fourth, and won at Richmond in the three races prior to the double uh, attempt. Um, 
So even when the last double was attempted in 2014, social media wasn't nearly the way it is now. And so if Larson can have a really strong first couple of months of the season um, and be like top of the championship, you know, ladder. I know it's not even close to the to the playoffs yet, but if he can be, you know, if he's got a couple of wins under his belt, he's at the top of the, you know, the top of the leaderboards and the point standings and having this great start to the season, then that double attempt is going to, I mean, I don't know how much traction it's going to get overall in the sports world, but I mean, it's got more of a chance the better that Larson does. And that's going to be good for NASCAR and IndyCar because more eyeballs are going to be watching what he does because of, you know, the, you know, the Coke 600 and the Indy 500. So the eyeballs are already going to be on him from the IndyCar standpoint because of him doing the double. But I think that also has a chance to bring in the NASCAR folks because they're going to be like, how does the hottest driver in the sport right now, the Patrick Mahomes of NASCAR, how does he um, look going into, um, you know, one of the biggest months of the racing calendar? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's already a thing. Um, I believe it was um, it was either the Hendrick Motorsports socials or the NASCAR socials actually shared footage of him turning laps in his in the McLaren IndyCar um, out at Phoenix. Um, so he's he's not just going to step into his car cold. He he's getting his laps and he's a he's expecting to compete and maybe win. Um, He's not doing it just for the for the hell of it. He he's a competitor. He he wants to win. Uh, but for me, the storyline kind of surrounds the manufacturers. Um, Ford is debuting a new body this year, um, but it, it is that going to help get them over the edge? Whereas last year they didn't perform all that well. I mean, yeah, they won the championship, but still they 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 weren't the most dominant manufacturer last year. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to change um, again. Um, I mean, we all know how Toyota is on super speedways. They, they pair up together and they go, they're, they're fast together. Um, so that'll be on full display this weekend at the Daytona 500. But for me, what I'm really, really looking at is can Chevy continue its dominance from last year as the premier manufacturer um, they they really showed strong, especially with Hendrick Motorsports. Can they continue that this year? Which then kind of brings you into outlook throughout the entire season towards the playoffs and the championship for the, what I'm kind of watching there as well is um, how many drivers can Hendrick, if, if Chevy is, continues its dominance and Hendrick Motorsports continues its dominance like we saw last year, how many drivers can Hendrick Motorsports get into the championship for? Right now, my guess is three. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I had when I was picking my four, like I had a hard time because, like, you don't want to. I didn't want to because I, I never. Whenever we do predictions and stuff, I never want to put like the same guys in that were in last year or go chalk. But it was yeah, it's really hard to not be like. Yeah, Chase Elliott could be in there. Yeah, Kyle Larson could be in there. Yeah, William Byron could be in there. Yeah, Alex Bowman in there. I think the one if you if you told me pick three of the four, I think the one I wouldn't pick it I wouldn't pick is Alex Bowman. I think he'd be the one yes. of the four that I wouldn't pick. But I don't even think he's gonna make the playoffs. Right. So that would be that would be the one of the four. But then even then, like I think there's you know you know 
I think there's multiple there's Penske drivers. There's a lot of good drivers, and it's but you know if Chase Elliott can round back into form, because uh, last year was just a complete crater for him. Mm. I mean, whether it was the leg injury from snowboarding, the suspension from frustration um, with the with the wreck, um, or you know just going winless it's just there was so many different things that piled up and if he can come back stronger and more focused i don't think he was focused last year to be honest there because everything else was happening outside of the car when he was in the car he just could not hone it in and when you're when you're away from the car for that long as long as he was i wasn't surprised that he struggled when he last year went while he was in the car but He's got a he's got the off season. He's been working. Yes, I, I wonder how much that shoulder injury um, hampered him last year. So we'll 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 see. Coming in healthy this year, probably more focused than he was last year. I, I, I can see big things from Chase Elliott. Now, looking at this NASCAR schedule on the whole, I always like doing this uh, when we do racing previews, uh, and that's a race you're looking forward to the most. Um, and I think I said this when we talked about uh, when we were doing the like point system debate last year, uh, but I'm super excited for the Iowa race in June for NASCAR. Um, it's one of my favorite IndyCar races on the schedule. Uh, the racing there is always fun, and I always like when you add – when the NASCAR – I mean – the NASCAR schedule, I mean, has changed quite a bit since I first became a fan. That was, like, literally, like, almost, like, 20-plus years ago. But, like, there's still, whenever they can add new tracks, because for a long time it was just the same schedule, the same tracks, yada, yada, with various, you know, you know, little tweaks here and there. Um, but now, you know, they're adding new tracks. You know, of course, we saw... The Chicago race, we saw North Wilkesboro. We, you know, this year we see Iowa. So whenever you can see new tracks, uh, races added to the schedule, it's always a good thing, um, and makes me, you know, really excited to, you know, really, really makes me anticipate certain races. Now, one, I was also looking at the schedule because I was like, you know, looking at the playoffs um, and thinking like, what's a race that I would swap out? Like, if there was a regular season race, I would rather swap in to the postseason and move another race out of the postseason. Um, I would, I looked at the, uh, the races in the playoffs and I was like, man, with the, I, I understand like Talladega obviously is, is a bigger track. You've got Watkins Glen, which is a road course you've got, which is a bigger track inherently same with the Roval. So I guess in theory, that's three of, of 10 races that are on bigger tracks, but everything else is literally 1.5 miles. There's no there's no tracks that are bigger. Um, there's a couple tracks that are shorter because you've got the Bristol Night Race and you've got the um, and you've got Martinsville, but everything else is one point five. So literally half half of the playoff races are on on one point five mile ovals. Um, there's you know you've got like I said you've got Talladega, um, like you've got Watkins Glen, which I do like that they put another road course in there, um, and then you've also got uh, the Roval. Um, there's already, uh, two, you know, I, you know, I'm more, I'm more for road courses than NASCAR because I think there's not as many that season where they had like seven, I thought was a good thing. They've got more on the schedule this year. Um, there's already two in the playoffs now, but, uh, which is plenty, but the Chicago street race would be cool in the postseason. Um, because that would be another layer, you know, even more because there, there is a difference between street and road courses. 
mean, you may not think so because you think you just, you know, because I know I, I in the beginning didn't think that there was because my, you know, dumb brain was like, well, they're both road courses. So what do you mean? Um, it's like, no, there's there's a different way you approach them and things like that. Um, and then, uh, but I, I think if they were to move like Michigan or dare I say the Brickyard to the playoffs, I think that would be really cool. Um, I know the Brickyard would be bold, uh, seeing as how the Oval hasn't been on the circuit in several years, but we don't know. Uh, so we don't know how things will go with the next gen car. Uh, but kicking off the postseason or having an elimination race at IMS would be really sweet. So I would just like to see one more big oval in the chase or in the chase in the playoffs. I I, I say chase because that's what it was when I was a big NASCAR fan in in the early two thousands. Um, yeah. but um, I would love to see a bigger because, like I said, I mean you've got a couple of short tracks, you've got some road courses, you've got you know, one big track in Talladega, but as for, but half the races are 1.5 mile ovals. I would love to see one fewer of those and see Michigan or the Brickyard or both. I, I, you know, something because I like, I like when the playoffs have more of a diversity of tracks because then, you know, you have a chance for some of these drivers who like, let's say I'm, you know, a driver that's better on road courses than I am on regular ovals. Well, I'm in the wrong series, first of all. But at least I would have, um, you know, a couple of different options to do better. Or let's say I'm better on the bigger ovals than I am on the short tracks. Well, heck, now I've got more opportunities because I've, you know, because there's more of those in the chase. So it kind of levels the playing field a little bit more as opposed to, hey, literally half the races are 1.5 mile tracks. And then you've got... Road courses, which we don't see that often anyway, and then we see one, which, which and then we see Talladega, which is a coin flip because it's a, a restrictor plate track. So, um, I I would love to see another bigger oval put in the put in the playoffs. Yeah, so for me, the the race I'm looking most forward to um, is probably the the Brickyard 400 this year. Back on the oval with the next gen car, I'm really excited to see how that performs. Um, I'm just excited to see it back on the oval. If the road, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, the road course racing, many people hated it, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was good. I think a lot of NASCAR fans hated it just because it's road courses. I don't. I think a lot of NASCAR fans just hate road course racing in general. I don't mind it. Maybe that's because I'm an IndyCar fan uh, before I am a NASCAR fan. So I, I'm almost. You're almost inundated with road courses in that series. There's almost there. Heck, I l- listen. If you're a NASCAR fan, listen to our IndyCar preview because I will then plead in our IndyCar preview that we need more ovals because I think the schedules could just be more balanced in general. Um, but. But yeah, I think a lot of fans are just like, they turn right, unacceptable. (laughs) Um, So I think they just hate the road course because they hate the road course. Yeah. um, Because I also was a fan. And you you also heard a lot of drivers complaining about it, but the drivers that were complaining about it, like Denny Hamlin, were the drivers that were very dominant. Uh, You know, they never won on the oval, but they were very good on the oval, and that's why they were wanting to go back to it. And they some of them would say it's in the name of the the fact that the oval is so historic. Okay. Yeah. But it's also the fact that you're not good on the road course well, and you and, were good on the oval. Um, and it's because so, the, the oval was so historic and you were, the racing was so bad that it was like solely, not really solely the name of the track, but it was definitely not a good look. It was definitely, you know, when you're talking about 
when you're talking about taking a track like Indy off of the schedule, which is what was happening uh, before they decided to go to the road course, like you know the racing's bad because um, that's yeah. a place that like that would be like I don't know what the comparison would be to that like from another sport to NASCAR, but like whenever you've got a historic venue like that, that would be like saying like we're gonna take the Super Bowl, we're gonna take New Orleans out of the Super Bowl rotation. Like that's a historic that's a historic venue that's always hosted Super Bowls, but we're gonna take that out of the rotation because the turf stinks. Well, you know, that would be that would be the equivalent to them being like, Well, Indy's a historic place, but the racing stinks, so we're leaving. Like that's why that's why it went to the road course, because the racing sucked. So that's what so, we're hoping improves with the next gen car. Yes. So I'm looking for it mostly because I just can't wait to see how it actually looks um, as far as racing goes. Because like you said, last time they were on the Oval, well, it was boring, it, you know, and I'm hoping things have changed. So for me, what race I would want to swap out into or swap into the the playoffs I think there's I I would get rid of first off I would either get rid of Kansas or um, Las Vegas. Those are I think those are both tracks that have two races and I don't really know why. Las Vegas yeah, I can just, understand, but not Kansas. I, I, I like I mean, Kansas. Yeah. I've been to Kansas. I don't know why it has two races. Yeah, I mean it's it isn't it's a good track, but I would want to swap in like either Darlington or Dover. Yeah, I am surprised that Darlington is no longer a chase race yeah. or a, a playoff race. Because some of these places are just so historic, right. and they're a very different kind of track. I mean, I can see why you're not putting in a, a race like the Chicago Street Race quite yet, because that one could very well, you could get a driver that is not in playoffs or not even a full-time driver like you did last year. To come in and win, I mean, yeah, that would be great. It would cause all sorts of chaos uh, for the the championship uh, or for the playoff drivers, especially people right on the cut line. You don't want a a driver to win that's, you know, uh, taking or somebody taking points away from you and keeping you out. Um, but I I really want to see, you know, Darlington and Dover are just. They're good old NASCAR tracks, and I think um, adding them into the playoff, one of them into the playoffs, would be good. And then you could keep Las Vegas, but just get rid of Kansas and put uh, Darlington or Dover. I'm good with either one. I even thought New Hampshire for a little bit, but it's very similar to Martinsville, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm okay with with not having that one. Um, so that's why I went with, uh, Darlington or Dover. Yeah. I like that. I mean, Darlington, I think is the last regular season race, which I do like taking the last regular season race away it from is. Daytona. Um, yes, because uh, Daytona, like I love Daytona. Daytona is great. I love Talladega. Talladega is great, but they're just coin flip tracks because anybody can win, which I understand is well, the allure even Atlanta of it. Is, but... you, you do start off the playoffs this year with Atlanta. And Atlanta is technically now because of the new layout is technically a somewhat restrictor plate race. Um, so yeah. having back-to-back races like that um, 
even though you already have that. <laughs> you have Daytona and then you go right to Atlanta. You don't want to see that twice. Right. Um, in back-to-back weeks. So, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just, there's some, yeah. I, I mean, I like having Atlanta in there for sure. Watkins Glen, that's always a fun one. Bristol, you've got to have Bristol. Kansas is just the odd man out for me. Yeah. Like Vegas, I can see it because the time of year and it's Vegas and we're seeing more and more championships coming to Vegas. Um, honestly, I would love it if Vegas swapped out with Phoenix in the in the season in, I think, in Vegas. Yeah, I like that a lot better than what it is now. Yeah, I would love that. I think that makes a lot Vegas. more sense. Because, I mean, that would be an event. Think about what, how Vegas handled the Formula One Grand Prix. I think that would be fun. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I, I'm i honestly a little... Because it's not like... I mean, because the, the championship race used to be at Homestead. So it's not like it's always been at Phoenix. So like, I would, I would think it makes the most sense to swap that out with Las Vegas and have kind of, you know, your Vegas main event, the last race of the year. I think that would make the most sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see why they have Phoenix because it is kind of a different track, like shooting into. I think it's turn one where you're just like barreling through it. Essentially, you're not even really taking the bank. You're just going. It, it feels uh, it feels interesting, but it it feels right now. It, it, like because the, the layout used to be because now the back stretch is what used to be the front stretch. The start finish line is between where like turn like this little short shoot used to be between like turns one and two and then three and four. It's just the layout is different. And I kind of like the new layout, which I know it's like a few years old since they started doing that layout, but I, I like it better than the old one. Yeah. So I, I Phoenix, I get Phoenix, but man, it would be a party to end it in Vegas. Well, it's like having the IndyCar uh, last race at Nashville. Like it just makes sense to have it kind of in that like event party type city. I think that that makes the yeah. most sense. Um, but speaking of the championship four, let's get on to our predictions for the 2024 NASCAR season. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, the championship four, um, in no particular order. Uh, here are my championship four predictions. Um, I've got Joey Logano. He's made five champ four appearances, all coming in even seasons. He's usually always, um... Uh, he's usually always in the mix, so lock him in in 2024. So I've got Joey Logano um, uh, in the championship four. Kyle Larson, uh, speaking of always in the mix, Larson has made the final four in two of the last three seasons, and there's no reason to think he won't be there again. So Joey Logano, Kyle Larson. I've got Kyle Busch. Uh, Rowdy uh, had three wins with his new team last season in the first half of the season, but then the W's dried up. Uh, he had five top fives, ten top tens in the first half of the season in 2023, then had five top fives, seven top tens in the second half of the season. So uh, RCR hasn't made the championship four since the first year in the current format in 2014. Um, they're due. Um, so if Kyle can put together a second half like he had in the first half last season, uh, I think he could be back in the mix. Um, and then I've got Tyler Reddick. Um, he finished sixth in points last season. He, that was the highest of any driver with zero all-time championship four per, uh, appearances. 
since 2020, at least one of the drivers in the championship four uh, earned their first ever berth in the championship race. So we had at least one newcomer every year since 2020. Last year, um, I think, it, yeah, it was Ryan Blaney was made his first appearance. La uh, two years ago, it was Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain. Um, it was, uh, you know, a Chase Elliott won in 2020 in his first year. So you've had every year since 2000, you've had a new driver in the championship for like making their first appearance. So in the spirit of that, I've got Tyler Reddick there, um, uh, in the championship four. So my championship four is Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and Tyler Reddick, who my champion is. I'm going a little bit off the reservation here. I'm going Kyle Busch to win the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. In three of the last four seasons, the champion has been a first-time champ, and I want, and I almost went uh, to pick uh, uh, Reddick uh, just because Denny Hamlin winning as a driver, or winning as an owner uh, before he wins as a driver uh, would be awesome. I think that would be hilarious if Denny Hamlin won as a owner before he won a championship as a driver, especially when uh like watching the documentary, he was like he's like never happy when his drive when his the drivers he owns the, the drivers he uh the uh, drivers of the cars he owns do well. He's like, yeah, I should be happy for him, but I'm not. So that would be uh <clears throat> that would be really funny. But that said, I don't think Tyler Reddick wins. Um I don't think Pinsky wins three seasons in a row. Uh so that rules out Logano. I've already ruled out Reddick. Um, like I said, uh, three of the last four seasons has been a first time champ, but I don't think he wins it. So that just leaves Bush and Larson. So even though Larson seems like the smarter choice, it's probably the right answer. I'm going to go with Kyle Bush. It would be RCR's first title since 1994 with Dale Earnhardt, which is wild to think it's been that long because I thought they had won at least one with Harvick. They haven't. Um, and if we're looking at some wild symmetry here, it would be title number three for Bush. So that would be you know, the last title for RCR was with the number three car. He wins his third title. Uh, Kyle Busch wins his third title with RCR. So uh, Kyle Busch is my pick to win the 2024 NASCAR championship. All right. So my championship four, um, I have already kind of given hints as to what I have here. Um, but I'll give my, but so my first two are, are I think, are shoe wins. These are Kyle Larson and William Byron. Both of those drivers continue their strong seasons from last year. Uh, like you said, William Byron is hungry after um, coming so close last year and having a having a a, a fairly good season. Um, Kyle Larson, like it's it's Kyle Larson. It's honestly. He's just going to be there, it feels like. Um, then my third is I'm going with Chase Elliott. I did er say earlier I thought three drivers from Hendrick could make it, and I already said it wasn't going to be Alex Bowman. Um, so that leaves Chase Elliott. I think he comes back more focused than ever. He's got a lot to prove coming off of last season, and I see him making a run to the championship four. And then my last driver to make it into the championship four, I am going with Kyle Busch as well. I think um, now that he's got another year under RCR with RCR under his belt, he's a little bit more comfortable in the car. Um, I, I can see 
see him having a very solid year and making a run to the championship four, which brings me to my champion. I am going with a first time champion, which would be William Byron. We will see the 24 car back hoisting the NASCAR championship uh, this time with young William Byron behind the wheel. And I, I just think he, despite how good of a season he had, he, he was still consistently overlooked. Um, and I, I, I don't think that happens this year. I think he comes out strong out of the gate and is starting to make statements um, and caps the season off with a championship. I like that. That's a very, that's a good pick. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, so you've got William Byron. I've got Kyle Busch. Now let's look at this weekend, <clears throat> the Daytona 500, the 66th running of the great American race. Um, my pick to win the Daytona 500. I promise I didn't get lazy. Hear me out with this one. Kyle Busch. He's going to win the Daytona 500. Um, the 2024 Daytona 500 will be held on February 8th. You know where I'm going with this. This is what I do like every year for the Indy 500. I see what day it is. I see what, if it correlates. Whoa, whoa. Daytona 500, February 8th? 18th. If I said 8th, okay. I, 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 I might have said 8th. If I said 8th, I meant 18th. I was like, uh, the, Craig, we're shooting this, the, filming this on February 13th. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, the, the 2024 Daytona 500 will be held on February 18th. Like I said, you know what I like to do with dates. This is what I do with the Indy 500 pick. Uh, is I look and see what date it's on, and I go from there. Uh, see if that gives me any inspiration. Here comes the, the, foil. the last two races held on that date were won by Real, Richard Childress Racing. Kevin Harvick in 2007, Austin Dillon in 2018. Both were first-time winners, and if Bush were to win... He'd, be, he'd also be a first-time Daytona 500 champ. That is the one race that it's eluded him. Um, and also, I mean, Bush was in position to win last season before the race went into overtime. So it's not as if, you know, it's a really that off-the-wall of a pick. I think his fortunes do change, um, uh, and I think he does get the win uh, this time. And I think, I think this, if he's, I think this will be his 18th attempt, and it's on the 18th, so that's pretty cool. Um so, uh, so yeah, it's all coming together. I've got Kyle Busch. He's going to win the Daytona 500. I do at least, you know, because I think with doing this kind of, you know, off-the-wall tinfoil hat stuff, it's not worth the Indy 500, but I did get it right with uh, Austin Sidrick a couple years ago with, uh, with the Daytona 500. So I, I at least have that to, to, to put to my name. But I've got Kyle Busch winning the Daytona 500. You know, it... It's always interesting with the Daytona 500 here in recent years, you're not going to find a team more dominant on pole qualifying than uh, Hendrick Motorsports. It's always seems to be William Byron and Alex Bowman or Kyle, like one of the, a, a tandem of them are up there starting on the front row every year. And then the Chevys just don't live up to the qualifying speed and the Toyotas come in and are just super, super strong when they connect together. And because of that, I do think a Toyota goes home to victory lane this weekend in the Daytona 500. Give me Denny Hamlin to win the Daytona 500 as much as it pains me to say that number four um, for him. Yeah. 
Um, he knows his way around that track. He's in a Toyota. The Toyotas are going to be very strong on super speedways. You know, I wanted to go William Byron just because, like I said, he's going to come out of the gate strong. Um, I just don't think he's going to win the day. It's tough. I I wanted to go him, but this race is such a coin toss Mm -hmm. and always, and you got to go with somebody that's been there before, I feel like. And it's not uh, often that, I mean, it's probably safe for your championship bet too because it's not often that the winner of the 500 wins the championship either. So Exactly, exactly. Uh, so Denny Hamlin is this year's Daytona 500 winner, and it begins the talk of Denny Hamlin becoming the favorite for the championship, and then it doesn't happen. And we get another season of the NASCAR Netflix documentary and Denny Hamlin is still angry (laughs) forever (laughs) angry. Uh, well that will do it for this week's edition of the crash course podcast. Thank you guys all for hanging out. And by the way, be Scott happy 250th episode. Um, this was our 250th episode. Yep. Um, our one 150th was also a racing podcast just for those that (laughs) are looking for that kind of symmetry. But remember you can like us on Facebook, three C media, go follow us over on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. You could also go subscribe to us on YouTube, 3C Media over there, as well as follow us over on TikTok, um, 3C Media. Um, and then go, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, go over to the podcast channels. If you're listening to us on the go, you can hear us on uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. You can find me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. B. Scott, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. Well, next week we will be talking about the IHSAA Girls Basketball State Finals. It is time to crown some champions in that sport. Um, And uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of state finals action. We're going to be there to break it all down. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, have a good one, everybody.